This show contains language that is unsuitable for children. Grant us love filled with good intention. May we find peace in the midst of ascension. We know what they make us, though they try to break us and say we love us, give love. Welcome to Straight Vibes, No Chasers. Raw talk on coming out of the closet about our fears and why we're so hell-bent on resisting our highest good. This podcast focuses on the African-American experience concerning fear and our long-standing romance with mediocrity. You can follow and comment on the show topics on Instagram at SVNC underscore podcast or go to PennyMurray.com where you can also find out more about Dr. Murray's work, her book, Giving Myself Permission, and the African-American Council on Fear. Now, here's your host, Dr. Penny Murray. Hey, and welcome to Straight Vibes No Chasers from Dallas, Texas. Have you ever totally resisted or denied your divine purpose? You, you know what I'm talking about. That thing that we go to bed thinking about. It wakes us up in the early mornings. Uh, throughout the day, we're haunted by it. Yet, you've had all kinds of reasons and excuses to avoid taking ownership of what you were called to do. That's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. And I have worn myself out trying to maintain my resistance, coming up with all kinds of little things to do. And I'm so busy, I don't have time to stop and really consider and think about what the universe is calling me to. But like everybody else, COVID pretty much shut all of my little acts of avoidance, denial, and escape, shut it all down. It literally forced me to start exploring how my sacred expressive life force wants to be seen, heard, and felt by others. I'm your host, Dr. Penny Murray. And I don't think that we deliberately want to fight against or deny our divine purpose. We just have a hard time believing spirit really picked us of all people to do something meaningful or significant. I mean, especially after all the goof ups we've had or the poor choices we've made or all of the the things that people say we are not. So our perception about life and how valuable we are to the universe are often twisted which ultimately taints and misdirects our choices as well as our life's truth. I just think we have forgotten who we really are, the power we have, and the purpose we came here to fulfill. Now that I've literally stopped running, I'm exploring different platforms of expression to rediscover, or maybe more accurately, to remember my place in the divine order of things. With that said, I was asked to give the Sunday message at a dear friend's church earlier this month while their pastor was out of town on business. I'm going to share the live recording of that message in this episode. To be clear, while I'm becoming more comfortable in taking ownership of my divine place in the universe, I don't believe the church setting is the platform of my expression. But I've told spirit, I'm not fighting and resisting anymore. Instead, I'm practicing the act of allowing and just enjoying the process and the various experiences that I am being given. Uh, But before we get into that, I want to do a quick shout out to one of my supporters, the Uplifter organization out of St. Louis and its founder, Portia Kane O'Neill. Hashtag, I know her, I see and I feel you the strong, black, and vulnerable feminine energy of divine spirit. All right, now, before I share the message titled, I'm nothing without you, I gotta do. 
my two cents, my contribution to Black History 365. African-Americans have a deeply rich history in the state of Texas where I live. So I want to introduce you to one of the first black women pastors in Texas, and her name is Lucy Farrell. Later known as the mother of the modern Pentecostal charismatic movement, Lucy Farrell was born in 1851 and was a slave in Virginia. She was also the niece of Frederick Douglass. By 1890, she had moved to Houston, Texas. Uh, She was a widow who had bore seven children, but only two of them survived. In 1905, she became the pastor of a small black holiness church in Houston, Texas. And then in 1906, Farrell left her church in the hands of a colleague to work and study under a really controversial leader in the early Pentecostal movement at the Bethel Bible College in Topeka, Kansas. It was here that Farrell had a spiritual experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and given the gift of tongues. She is the first recorded black person to have had this experience. But now shortly after that experience, Farrell was asked to assist a friend with a revival in Los Angeles, which later became known as the Azusa Street Revival. Now, some say that the Azusa revival actually started with a handful of African-American saints who had gathered together at the Bonnie Brow House in Los Angeles because they wanted to encounter a greater manifestation of God. Now, Pharaoh's reputation as the anointed handmaiden had preceded her. So her arrival sparked an outpouring. Word spread, and these revivals had to be moved to a bigger building that was located on Azusa Street to accommodate the many black and white believers. Even though this was a time when segregation was a major part of the religious experience, Pharaoh laid hands on many at these revivals, and her touch filled people with the Holy Spirit, demonstrating healings and other miraculous acts of the Holy Spirit. She also traveled across the southern United States and Liberia in West Africa, where healings and answers to prayers were received through her ministry. After a while, Farrell went back to Houston, Texas, where she continued her ministry. And in 1911, Farrell contracted tuberculosis and died at the age of 60 in her home. Lucy Farrell, the mother of the modern Pentecostal charismatic movement. All right, now my Sunday message shared at the Church of One Love, September 5th, 2021. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the Church of One Love. We are so excited that you're here. Whether it's your first time or millionth time, we're so glad that you've joined us. And now um, Dr. Penny Murray is going to lead us in prayer. I'd like to share with you all... um, what I call my birthright prayer, and um, calls my energy into the day. So if you will close your eyes, I am as God created me. I am the sacred expressive life force of the ancestors who broke their mental chains, freed their voices, and brought healing and light to the world around them. Freedom, you summoned me here for purpose. Elohim, sanction my presence to accomplish that purpose. I am their legacy, but I am your crown. And I ask that blessings be manifested 
on all of us today. A shame. Now I would like to introduce Nancy Cox. She's going to come up our speaker today. She's been, the last two years we've become very close friends and I want to tell you a little bit about her and I want you all to know that I also learn something new about her every single day. <laughs> She's done, accomplished a lot in her lifetime. First of all, she didn't have an easy childhood. She's been on her own since she was 15 years old. At age 21, she fulfilled her dream and became a law enforcement officer. And she did that for 12 years. These were mine. Amazing. And then, after that, she opened a, a retail store for intimate apparel for larger sized women. And at that time, there weren't that many places that took care of we full bodied girls. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she also uh, hosted a radio show, talk show, for two years. This is something I just found out. And so then, um, and right now, currently, she has a podcast on the internet. It's a monthly podcast, and it's called uh, Straight Vibes No Chasers. And you can get that on any place that you get your podcast. And during all this goings on, she finished uh, a bachelor's and a master's degree in social psychology and she became a corporate trainer and trains people all over the world, mostly in the United States. Currently, she trains the trainers who train the people that uh, figure out how to do the Affordable Care Act. So that's what she presently does. She was in Washington, D.C. this past week and in, in Atlanta doing that. And then since then, and during all this, she also obtained a Ph.D. It's <laughs> not that she's a busy girl. She also wrote an award-winning book, and I want to get the title just exactly right. It's called Giving, uh, Giving Myself Permission putting fear and doubt in their place. She was part of our Course in Miracles uh, class for, and was a wonderful contributor to that. And so um, I know that you're going to enjoy everything that she has to share with us this morning. Thank you and welcome. I love you. share with you um, an excerpt from my book, giving myself permission, putting fear and doubt in their place. It takes place when I am coming back, uh, at that time I lived in Kansas City, Missouri, and I was flying back from a retreat um, that was held for entrepreneurs in California that felt stuck, and the whole goal was to get unstuck, all right? Um, but it takes place as I'm on the plane flying back home. All of the encouragement I had received during the retreat to embrace my passion meant very little in the greater scheme of things. Living my purpose, accomplishing big things, having a purpose, experiencing success, 
Hell, in my mind, that's for special people, and I am one of them. Suddenly, I felt overwhelmed by feelings of intense sorrow. Tears began to run down my face, and I cried uncontrollably. Once again, that dark something that is always hovering over my life took possession of my thoughts. You may ask why the sorrow and tears? Simple. I was mourning another failed attempt to break free from the internal chains that kept me in my limited existence. Every link in that chain had been forged over the years by the sadistic reminders of me of what I couldn't do because of my race, my financial status, or my gender. Now the painful thoughts that fortified this chain were reverberating in my mind. Every negative word that had been said to me over the years began to flood me. Things like, you're a peon, you'll always be a peon. You need to learn how to stay in your place, gal. You got a baby, no man is gonna ever want you. Get your head out of the clouds and face reality. Ain't nothing special about you. The rattling of each link in this chain grew louder and louder and I couldn't make it stop. I felt an excruciating pain in my heart, but I couldn't scream. I wanted to scream, but I couldn't. It aged to the point of a nausea. My sadness became more intense and the tears flowed incessantly. I wished that I could forcefully vomit out all of the negative and malicious words locked inside my head and the memories attached to them. Then I could be free, free from this darkness inside of me that was always waiting to kill my hopes. I kept thinking if I could only throw up. My mind began to shift back, shift back to my conversation with God and why this one step forward and three step backwards dance kept happening to me. I demanded that he tell me why. Why did success in life and love always seem to elude me? Why did I have to fight for everything I had and still come up short? Why did I identify more with being a victim and then less with the power and strength within me? Why? Just as quickly as the crying started, a silent calm came over me. The disparaging thoughts had instantly vanished. A rare, indescribable peace swept over me. What the heck just happened? I wonder. Maybe I had just experienced a momentary psychological meltdown. Hell, maybe I'm bipolar and I didn't know it. <laughs> I'm sure if a psychiatrist had observed my actions, heard my thoughts, they would have been writing me a prescription and scheduling my next appointment. While drying my eyes, I looked around again at the bellowing clouds. Then a word came over me so swiftly and powerfully that it literally shocked me. It was compelling and clear. Yes, I had demanded that an answer from God, but in all honesty, I didn't expect to get an answer, at least not then. The word I heard was permission. It came over me with such conviction that I said aloud, what? Then I heard Spirit say the most astonishing thing. It's because you won't give yourself permission to see a better reality for yourself, to be, do, think, or expect anything different. You would rather live imprisoned by your weakness, fears, and inhibitions than to give yourself permission to live freely in your divine potential. Taken aback by the whole experience, I responded, oh my God. I said it three times, as a matter of fact. It made sense now. I had never, ever given myself permission to be or do anything 
other that live under the influence of the negative conditioning and experiences that have manipulated and controlled my life. They say that uh, music makes anything sound better. I would love to be able to have them just keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> Everything will sound better. I started from the bottom and now I'm here. I had to get that off my chest. Amen. <laughs> um, I am nothing without you. How many of you all have said that to another person? Okay. I'm going to say that I probably did, but I practice selective amnesia, and I can't <laughs> remember that right now. Uh, but yeah, I probably did in my lifetime. But I know, just like you, how often have you said that to Elohim? And just so you know that I call God Elohim, or spirit. You'll also hear me say Ashe, and that just means may your blessings be manifested. Um, so how many times have you said that to God? And I'm nothing without you. Or to recognize the reverence of the Holy Spirit and in, in, you're in need of the grace. We say it often. I know for me, up until this lesson, I said it from a space of shame, pity, unworthiness. It wasn't until I was actually preparing for this that I honestly felt something different. And so just let me kind of share with you, even though I know that Hebrews 4.16 says, come boldly to the throne of God and ask when you are in need, I would still say to spirit, I am nothing without you from a space of inferiority and unworthiness. And as I was prepared, so let me kind of take you back as to how I even came up with this title, I didn't spirit did. And I knew when, when Melinda, bless your heart, I want to thank you in your absence. Uh, when she asked me to do this, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, what did I just say? <laughs> so she then says to me, Penny, I need you to give me a title. And I need you to give me a brief paragraph on what this talk is going to be on. I was like, oh, snap. Okay, we got to do that too. Uh, so I sit down. And my intellectual self came in. You know that person that has been a corporate trainer for almost 30 years? I do this in my sleep. Oh, no problem. But if I was wrestling with it. I couldn't. What, I had another title. I don't even remember what it is now. But it just wasn't flowing. And I always know when I'm out of step with spirit, when I'm trying to force something to happen. So I'm sitting there now with my head and my hands on the desk, at my desk, and I'm like, what the heck? I don't have anything. And then I say to my spirit guides, I am nothing without you. And instantly they said back, we are nothing without you. Amen. My heart went into a place of humbleness that I cannot even describe. Wait a minute, hold on. I can't say that to people because somebody's gonna tell me God don't need nobody. He's God all by himself. <laughs> You're right. And that's what made this even more humbling for me. That here is an omnipotent God with all power saying to me, I am nothing 
without you. And I was like, blow my mind. How can I tell anybody else that very thing? So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the, the, the scripture that I knew that I wanted to talk about. And I had the book. I knew that I wanted to go to lesson 154. And it's the title of that lesson is, I Am Among the Ministers of God. And here's the thing about that particular lesson. I had been playing that. I listened to it audible, on an audible tape. And I had been listening to it for like two months in advance, just listening to it. And it stuck with me because I'm trying to move into my space as a minister of God. But let me be clear. A minister of God is not here. Because I was like, oh no, this is not my calling. A minister of God is anything that we do with passion and that we get into the spirit and we become God's messengers. I'm sitting there and I'm wrestling with, I can't go and tell people that you said that you're nothing without us. I can't. And then I turned the book over to read the lesson again. Maybe spirit wanted me to go in another direction and my ego got in the way. And my eyes landed on this. In that lesson, it says that the Holy Spirit needs our voice that he may be actually heard. And he needs to speak through us, our hands to carry his message to those who need it. He needs our feet. And I love this. Take us to where he wills that those who wait in misery will be delivered, set free. And then finally, he says, I need your will united with my own so that, that we may be true receivers. Now, let me just stop right there because true receivers of the gift, this is where I really kind of, yeah, okay, fighting my own path. How many of us have resisted? God has said to us a gazillion times, this is what you're supposed to be doing. But because we think it's too easy or we think nobody's going to believe us, we resist it. We fight against our own selves. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh wow, okay. And the humbling feeling of every time I said, I'm nothing without you. Spirit is now saying to me, that I'm nothing without you. And this is proof. And many may say, that's narcissistic, that is arrogant, but it actually speaks to the grandeur and deep love God has for us. And we are afraid to stand in that grandeur. We are afraid. I got my doctorate's degree in the success theory personalities. And we are so afraid to stand in our strength and our truth. But let me go back where it says, he needs our will united with his own. Spirit will not do anything through us without our own consent. Amen. So we must give ourselves permission and that self I'll explain that in just a few moments we must give spirit the permission to flow through us to work through us without it it just doesn't happen and we stumble around trying just like I was sitting at that desk thinking about my ego and my you know all that I'm all about is more important and I can I can just take my intellect excuse me I have a doctor's degree I can do this <laughs> And it failed me that day, <laughs> you know. I, I sucked. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> okay, now what? 
And this is where spirit is now teaching me that it's not about my intellect, it's about my heart being open and receptive to the guidance of who he is, to be in his will, to be in perfect step. I don't know how perfect it is because sometimes I'm stumbling all over the place. It's like dancing with a bad dance partner. It's all on your feet, <laughs> trying to lead, you know, stuff like that. You know, back in the day when we used to two-step. Okay, I'm aging myself. All right, so again, I like I said, I wanted to come from lesson 154. Now let me tell you why this lesson really became important to me. Because like I said, I had been kind of going over this lesson again and again for at least two months. And I was like, why is this message so important to me? I was playing it every morning. Now I would continue, like, again, let me just step back. I went through the Course in Miracles for an entire year with my, my sister and my brother, Nancy and Bill. They are my sister and brother, okay? Amen. Confusing, but they are. We finally found each other, okay? So, I'm going through the whole Course in Miracles with them, and then this, this first of this year, I went back, and I started just going, reviewing all of the lessons. We went through the whole book, but then I started reviewing the lessons. But I got here, and this just really stuck with my spirit. I'm like, why is this sticking with me? So, even though I would continue listening to the lessons for that day, I would still come back and repeat and listen to this lesson again. And I listened to it at night as I was going to sleep because I'm trying to convince myself that I'm among the ministers of God. Up until this, this message, I didn't believe I was worthy of that. When Spirit gave me to write the book, giving myself permission, I went looking for everybody else's opinions on it. And that was not, I never found anything. And then Spirit said to me, it is for you to do. Now I really got scared. How am I going to tell anybody? I can't even give my own self permission. But I am in the process of practicing what that really means. And I had to move into the place of beginning to develop the whole concept and ideology around what it means to give myself permission. And so as I read this, I, I literally, you can read this for yourself, but the first one, it says, let us not be e either arrogant nor falsely humble. Now let me tell you how about that, that message just kind of, bam, hit me. First off, in the same lesson, Spirit also says that we, the difference between those ministers or messengers called by heaven opposed to those who are self-appointed is that when the message comes to us, we know that first it's a lesson for us to learn. So for every one of us, including me, who felt like life beat me up, everything I'm going through, God doesn't like me, it is literally your lesson preparing you for what your calling is. Everything I've gone through in my life was to prepare me for this moment. Freedom summoned me here. All that I went through, I thought, God doesn't like me. He loves everybody else, just not me. I see everybody else getting blessed, just not me. And it was not true. And I have at the end of every one of my podcasts, I say, we are never victims of life. We are always student of purpose. What is, what is God teaching you, preparing you for? And you haven't stood in that space among the ministers of God. 
a few months ago, I decided, okay, I'm going to stop fighting, I'm going to stop resisting spirit, I'm just going to go ahead. And then spirit says to me, he had been telling me for years that my purpose was to heal the ouch within the African-American community that is experienced by discriminative racism. And I was like, uh-uh, I ain't going there. First off, we hard-headed. Um, no, not getting into that whole thing. And I resisted, so I was having my Jonah moment. And so everything that I tried to do just kind of sucked. It got there, but then it fizzled out. I was never committed to it. But this time, Spirit said, you, I need you to start a center called the Learning Spa. And I, I jumped on it. I got it all excited. So I'm now getting put it on Kickstarter to raise funds to start this Learning Spa, this community of healing the ouch for the African-American community. And I decided I'm going to chronicle my process my journey, and I am going to put it on my YouTube channel. So the first two times that I published you know, the video, I said stuff like, I am so, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm scared, I was using some colorful words, I'm so scared, I don't know what I'm doing, and I posted, and I thought I'm, prou I'm proud to post it, because I'm at least being honest, I'm scared, and I don't know what I'm doing. The second time I did the same thing. Said it several times. I'm scared of doing what I'm doing. I posted it, got up, walked away, and then Spirit said to me, Stop saying that. You're not scared because you know we are always here with you. And you know exactly what you were supposed to be doing. You're just saying that out of habit. That was a clutch my pearls moment. <laughs> I'm wearing those today. Oh my God. <laughs> But in that, it also said, when it talked about that first one, it says, let us neither be arrogant or falsely humble. As I grappled with what Spirit said to me, you're just saying that out of habit. I started then thinking, oh, wow. Could it be me saying that I'm fearful and I don't know what I'm doing is false humility because I'm afraid of rejection. I think that if I tell people that, oh, I know what I'm doing, Oh, I'm not sure that it makes me non-threatening. And as a black woman, I'm often accused of being threatening. And so I've learned how to dial it down. But Spirit said to me, stop saying that. And I was like, okay, zip, gone. No one can say that anymore. But how do I now present myself without coming across, coming across as aggressive? And then I'm learning practicing the essence of love. The, that, that brought me to the second part. It's not our part to judge our worth, because we have a tendency to want to judge who we are. We are our worst critics. We all know that. Nobody, we can find the most comforting, empathetic words for others, but when it comes for our, to ourselves, we don't have that. This is a lesson that I am learning. I am one who literally can beat myself up. And I always tell people I'm a recovering, I'm recovering from low self-esteem. <laughs> people say to me, no way, you don't know my story. Because every backstory has a story. And that's what people don't understand. So while I judge my worth, God always saw me as the place that I am going now. And I can't say that I'm fearful can't say that I'm uncertain anymore because I know that they're always with me. And to now know 
that God needs me as much as I need him is humbling in and of itself. And so going back to, again, uh, my fear of rejection, it's been around for a long time, a long time. And so trying to come through that, I'm now asking Spirit, how do I move through something that is so deeply embedded in me? And he says, you still don't get it. Now we're still having this conversation because I'm still wrestling with the fact of I need, I'm, you know, I'm nothing without you and Spirit telling me that. And so I'm wrestling with that and, and I'm like, how do I move beyond this fear of rejection? And to be among the ministers of God that I am called to be. To step into that place. And as I said, ministry doesn't mean right here. It is in so many versions. And I'm looking at all of the ministries here that are going. They're being called into the light. And even this lesson says, you're being called into the light, but you're still not coming. You're being given the message to share with others, but you won't share it. But it's not until you share it that you actually know you own it. And so in learning this lesson, in embracing my place in this ministry, then I now, by saying no, the message is for me first. And once I can embrace it wholly and set aside my ego and say, yeah, yeah, he's talking to you, then I can share it with others from a sense of authenticity. You know, they say, we always say, it takes one to know one. Yeah, I can, I can come from that space when I'm sharing what, what God is teaching me. Because nine times out of ten, I'm still in the process of, of the practice of it. I haven't got there yet. But I know that they are always with me. And when I stumble and fall, that's okay. My perfectionism would have said, you know, you're done with it now. Don't even try it. You've embarrassed yourself. The Spirit says, no. You just learned something else. So... When I'm looking at this, and I said, the Spirit says, you still don't get it. Because I'm still wrestling with, you know, I am nothing without you. God is saying that to me. Omnipotent God is telling me that they're nothing without me. And he says, you don't get it. We're one voice. You're me. I'm you. We're just one voice. We're one heart. We're one thought. We're one movement. And that's who we are. And until you recognize that penny, then you will be forever. You have to understand. Now, just to explain my little picture here, the graphic is, I found this graphic years and years ago, but I put the words on top of it. But the graphic is shows a little heart. And I always saw that as myself, the heart of me. But it's in a room, an empty room, hiding in a corner. But if you look at the bigger part of it, there's light shining there that is calling me out of the corner. But I'm too afraid. I'm huddled into that corner of that empty room, afraid to be among the ministers of God because I'm not sure what that's going to cost me. Let's just be honest. I'm not sure what being a minister of God means who I'm going to have to let go of, how my life is going to have to change. I'm more afraid of that, of coming into my purpose, my strength, than anything else. So I stay hidden in the corner, even though I know there's light. And maybe I hear a party going on over there, but I'm not moving because I'm too scared. And so Spirit says, until you are able to understand that we are one, our divine conscious self is one, 
Now, I'm not talking about that self that we create for public consumption. You know, we create this self that we want everybody to see and be proud of and give us all kinds of accolades and applause. You know, and that's temporary because based on whatever their agenda is for the day or their attitude, you, you know, you might get a thumbs down that day. So you were too dependent upon, and that's where I was. I was so, and I'm sitting here, and God is saying to me, this is what I want you to tell them. And I'm like, I'm so worried about what y'all gonna say. How y'all gonna judge me? Because I have an arrogance to come up here and say, and Spirit, like, you don't get it. You are the one self. And that self that I'm talking about is the sacred, expressive life force. That's us. And until we own, take ownership of it, we will remain in that corner afraid to come out in the light because that sacred expressive life force is God himself waiting for us to hear that they need us just like we need them. And so as I'm still, I'm still wrestling, I'm not gonna lie, I'm still wrestling because I now need to reclaim my truth because I've heard this a thousand times. How many of you guys have heard it? Especially those who are students of Course in Miracles. How many times have we heard that we are God incarnate? That he can do nothing yet but through us. Hello. But we do not accept that. So let me tell you a little experience that I had. As I'm, this happened just prior to me coming to this. I was in meditation, and I'm still really from the fact of God saying, you're just doing that out of habit. And I'm in meditation. Now forgive me because it might make bring me to tears because it's just that dear to my heart. And I'm in meditation, and he, he's telling me how he must, he loves me. And I'm like, well, why can't I go ahead and claim what you are calling me to? Why am I still so caught up in other people's opinions of me? Why? And I'm in meditation, and he takes me back. I literally, it's like, rewind. And he takes me back to my life when I was 13. I'm seeing myself in the room at 13 years old. I came from a very abusive home, and I had asked Spirit that day, I had just gotten beat or whatever, and I was sent to the room, and I'm crying, and, and I remember, we grew up in the church, heavily in the church, and, and I remember Scripture saying that God would be the mother to the motherless and the father to the fatherless, and, and so that day, I'm just fed up of the abuse, and I asked Spirit to change things for me, that I needed Him to change things for me. And I needed him to give me a sign that he sees me and he knew me. And the sign that I asked for was I wanted to hear music coming from this little picture that had a little piano in it with angels all around it. <laughs> I, it's funny now as, as an adult. <laughs> but okay. And I'm just bawling, I'm just crying, I'm just crying from, you know, and I'm asking Spirit to just be with me, just give me some sign that you love me, that you're there. And I cry myself to sleep. And I find I'm awakened by my mother screaming my name with cuss words attached to it. And I was like, I woke up and I realized I hadn't heard the sound. And I said to God, since you don't care about me, I don't care about you. But when he, when he took me back that day to when I was 13, he said, and I began to that moment asking him to forgive me because I didn't mean it. And he says, no sweat. You weren't talking to me. You didn't denounce me. You denounced that illusion of me. 
that you, others, create of me. That quid pro quo God. That God that says, if you do this, then I'll do this. You denounced a God of conditions. Amen. Mm. And I'm not that person. And in that moment, he did fast forward me to when I was 16 years old. And I'm walking along the street with my baby in my hand. My daughter was maybe two, three months old at that time. I had no place to go. I had no place to live. And I was walking along the street saying to her, I am going to find us a place to live. I knew it in the bowels of my body. I knew it in the depths of my heart that I, I didn't ask anybody their permission. I didn't ask them what they thought. I just knew that I was going to find a place to live. And I did that very day. When I followed my dream to become a police officer, I didn't ask anybody's opinion. I did it. And Spirit reminded me that you have to remember who you are and stop expecting others to tell you. And now I'm in the practice of understanding who really am I, you know? Who am I supposed to be? And he says to me, until we reclaim our divine truth, we will receive a thousand miracles and then a thousand more, but we will not realize that God has never denied us the most tiniest blessings because we will not receive our truth, stand in our power, that we stand and set in the corner, our sacred expressive life force, God, sitting there, we relegated to the corner in an empty room, waiting for it to, for us to acknowledge the power that we are. So now I realize that I am as God created me. Amen. in his hands. So let me lead you in a, one of my prayers that I call uh, for meditation when I'm always calling my essence uh, into that day. And Kim, if you will, whenever the I Need You music, I love that one. If you will play that, I want you all to just kind of follow me. We're gonna take some deep breaths, and as you take the deep breaths on the inhale, get a full deep breath, and you're going to pull all of your energies through those chakras up. And then on the exhale, you're going to offer that energy to the universe for its intentional purpose on this physical plane. On the deep inhale, you're going to open yourself up to receive the blessings and the collaboration of your divine allies. And on that exhale, you're going to bring it back to surrender to your sacred expressive life force in grace. Okay, can you do that with me? So again, if you'll play that. Ooh. I am nothing without you. Close your eyes. Take your hands from your root chakra. Bring it all the way up to that crown chakra. I call forth all that I am into this moment. I offer it. I offer it 
intention on this physical plane. I am open and receptive to the divine guidance of all of my ancestors and spiritual guides. And I surrender the sacred expressive life force that it may be seen, heard, and felt in its own way. means it's time for the world according to Penny. In my message, I shared how my divine allies guided me through a Sankofa journey to revisit an event when I was 13 years old. And again, when I was 16 years old, uh, to help me remember my strength, my power, and the, the, the trust that I had within my inner self, that voice that came from within me. Going back and listening in retrospect to the message has allowed me to have a deeper appreciation for the poem, Footprints in the Sand. So I just want to share my paraphrasing of that poem uh, in closing. One night, I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with Supreme Spirit, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. With each scene, I noticed there were two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and the other to Holy Spirit. But in the latter parts of this vision, I noticed that many times along my life's journey, there was only one set of footprints, especially at the very darkest and saddest times. This really troubled me. So I asked Spirit, why? Why did you leave me at a time that I would have needed you most? Spirit whispered, I have never, ever left you. When you saw only one set of footprints, those are the times when I was carrying you. As always, remember, you are never the victim of life. You are always a student of purpose. So what skill or higher consciousness are you learning? What task or message are you being prepared for? I appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Straight Vibes, No Chasers. And I certainly hope you will keep listening and grow with me on this journey. If you like the show, please do me a favor and leave me a comment. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend about it. I'd appreciate it. 
I want to also encourage you to become a supporter of inner wellness in the black community by donating to make the Learning Spa Inner Wellness and Cultural Incubation Center a reality here in North Texas. Also visit my website, pennymurray.com for more information about my work and how you can support or be a part of the dialogue on Straight Vibes, No Chasers. Again, thanks for listening. And as always, I leave you with my closing assertion for your life. You are as spirit created you, endowed with power and authority to manifest positive outcomes and divine wisdom to bring about meaningful change. Give yourself permission to think, trust, create, speak, and live your life's truth. Ashe. You've been listening to Straight Vibes, No Chasers, with Dr. Penny Murray. Listen and subscribe to our podcast from your mobile device with your favorite podcast app. If you have any questions, topic ideas, comments, or want to invite Dr. Murray to speak at your next event, go to contact us at pennymurray.com. If you're in the North Dallas, Texas area, we invite you to become a member of the Inner Wellness Community by taking part of the African American Council on Fear.